Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Instructional Technology and Digital Resources in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Today I'm joined by Galen Scott, Associate Vice President of Academic Programs, and Nova Fritz, College Schedule Coordinator, as we talk about the role of guided pathways on academic plans and course scheduling. Galen and Nova, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Uh, Galen, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about how guided pathways plays a role in helping students develop academic plans at the college? Uh, I'm going to start by doing what I like to do sometimes, which is go back to the 20th century when I was a student. I went to college uh, fresh. I graduated in May and started college in June. I went to college as a math major. No one said, hey, Galen, why do you want to major in math? What are you going to do with that math degree? Have you thought that through? Have you mapped it out? Do you have a plan? So I started as a math major. and. In my first or second semester as a freshman in college, I took a required uh, U.S. government course and I fell in love and I took another political science course and the love was real. So I switched my major to political science. I meandered my way through a four-year degree and people said, what are you going to do, Galen? you going to be a lawyer? No. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I loved political science and I studied it. So then I got a master's degree because I liked being a student and learning. Um, and when I was a, a graduate student working on my master's program, I got to be a teaching assistant and I discovered the joy that is a classroom, especially when you're in charge and everybody is um, paying attention to what you have to say. Um, that is a typical story, I think, for many of us, meandering from one thing to another to find what you love and then figure out what you want to do with it. The notion of guided pathways is that we need to um, allow our students to explore, but we need to do it in a more organized and directive kind of way so that they're not meandering their way out the door or transferring to a four-year school with 40 semester credit hours that don't apply to their degree. Uh, so the idea is that Students have a clear pathway when they walk through the door that allows for some exploration of um, their interest and some engagement in the academic or career community they think they want to pursue. Um, we have programs mapped to living wage jobs or to um, specific transfer institutions so that they're taking courses that make sense for their transfer plans. Um, we help them make an informed choice. We help them make purposeful choices about their programs and their courses. Um, and early on, we grab them. The way that government course grabbed me, we want students to be grabbed by uh, a course in their area of interest to, to really remind them why they're in college. Um, if necessary, we're going to offer co-requisites that help them move through and into um, college credit um, courses as effective learners. Um, and what we really want in their first semester is for them to think through their basic edu educational goals and career goals and, and map out their plan for um, how they're going to achieve those goals. Great. Uh, Nova, um, as the college schedule coordinator, I'm sure that there's a lot that goes into making sure that, like Aylin said, that students aren't meandering between classes and that, that um, the, the schedules are created in a way that allows students to flow from one to the next. So can you talk a little bit about what types of intricacies or 
um, maybe things that are unknown to faculty and staff at the college uh, about how um, courses are scheduled um, uh, within ACC? Sure. So one thing that I'm really focused on is getting on the grid. So we have what we call standard meeting patterns. So instead of starting your class at 9.05, at 9.15, we'd like to stick to the same pattern if possible, not only so we're not wasting space in the classrooms and they're sitting there empty for 30 minutes, but it also helps students register for one class, then the next class, and plan their schedules. Um, this type of tight, organized scheduling has a direct correlation with student completion rates. So this is something we've learned from some of the experts at Ad Astra, which is our college scheduling system. Um, and as we think about this grid and standard meeting patterns, it seems to be common sense. We're like, oh, sure, everyone's on board. But if we really take a step back and look at the bigger picture of the schedule, we start to see how adult education classes might kind of come in and cause a problem. Some internal staff meetings or the CE classes maybe spanning across multiple terms. And so getting everyone on board with this kind of more organized grid wherever possible, if you can adjust your class for that five minutes, um, it will really help us uh, utilize our space more efficiently and help our students across the board, whatever bucket they're in. And I might just piggyback on what Nova said and take it up a notch or two. When, when I was a department chair um, here at ACC, we rolled the schedule. So fall, we'll go back to when I was a department chair, fall of 2000 rolled to fall of 2001. And I looked at how we did in fall of 2000, where we were full, where we were low in enrollment, and I made tweaks around the edges. But it was me sitting at my computer looking at a spreadsheet, tweaking the government department's course schedule for um, the next fall. I never talked to my um, colleagues who were chairs of the history department or the psychology department. I never talked to my colleagues in other dean areas who were chairs of the English department or the philosophy department. We never sat down across disciplines and across dean areas to say how can we best serve our students because we know our students aren't just taking classes with me. They're taking a history class and an English class and a science class and an art class and have we built that schedule very intentionally to support not only their ability, as Nova says, to take classes in, in an intentional and sequential kind of way on the clock, but also in an intentional and sequential way on their program maps. And that's a very complex challenge to get people to work with each other um, campus, across campuses, across disciplines, across dean areas, to build schedules that help students make progress in their programs. Have you, um, have you noticed any, and this question is really for either of you, have you noticed any changes in how um, the academic plans have changed since ACC's adoption of Guided Pathways? I mean, we, it hasn't been that long since we adopted right. Guided Pathways, so what changes, if any, have, have you seen in the development of academic plans? So in terms of program maps or, or degree plans, that's what? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we have long had uh, a semester-by-semester -semester sequence um, that we call a degree plan. You can pull out a catalog from 30 years ago and it'll say, take these four courses in semester one, these five in semester two. So in a way, we've always had a program map. 
Um, but what we never did very effectively was steer students more specifically. Um, and in the core curriculum, for instance, there are, I don't know, 45 science courses in the life and physical sciences section of the core curriculum. We didn't intentionally say, if you're a history major, you would benefit from this geography course or this geology course or this biology course. Um, we didn't say, if you're um, a social sciences major, you should take a statistics course rather than an algebra course. So within all of those core component areas, we didn't give much direction to students. And they were swimming in a sea of choices. There are probably 50 options in the component area, uh, core component area section. So one of the things we did early on was try and really give students more direction. Um, you can think about it in different ways. If you want to visualize uh, the lane in the bowling alley, um, what do we put up for new bowlers? We put bumpers up so that their balls don't go in the gutter. Um, I used to tell the story of my GPS in my car. It always let me pick fastest, shortest, easiest. So we're not trying to tell students there's only one direction to go, but we're trying to kind of keep them in the lane, so to speak, keep them on the route moving forward. And part of that means um, giving them three choices rather than 30 choices, that sort of thing. Um, that's been intentional. And then the other piece, I think, is thinking more intentionally about our primary transfer institutions. Um, Texas State is our primary transfer institution for most of our programs. And looking at how they have their four-year degrees mapped out so that we can um, take that into account as we're refining our academic maps for students. No, but from a scheduling standpoint, have you noticed any changes in the last couple of years since the college has adopted Guided Pathways? Um, I've seen a couple of things that I think are fairly new or a fairly new focus for the college, like eight-week courses, so that you can go ahead and knock out your History 1 and History 2, your Government 1, Government 2, in one semester instead of um, over a span of a year's time, um, which you know, for me, a big focus is just reducing waste in all areas. So uh, if we can speed up that process for students, um, they don't have to take the traditional semester route, um, offering some Friday classes, um, thinking about more online offerings, and just kind of preparing for the student need and making those decisions based on student-driven data. So like our new Platinum Analytics tool allows us to really drill into specific student academic plans and see how many students are, are slated to take a certain course um, and where you might need to offer more courses. So instead of um, kind of doing what we've always done, we're taking a look at real data to support the real students and what they really need, whether they're transferring or they want to just graduate quickly or get a certificate and get out there and get a job. Um, thinking about um, different ways to make the schedule easier, more options for them. I would add to what Nova said, um, a significant challenge that's just really presented itself in the last couple of years is co-requisites in developmental education. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a good thing for our students. We're serving them much more effectively by pairing a developmental math course with a college credit math course so that they they can learn and have that just-in-time sort of remediation where they need it and succeed in one semester in a college credit math course instead of taking 
one or two semesters of developmental math. The same thing in a college level reading and writing course. We're pairing an integrated reading and writing section with a comp one course. But that is a complex scheduling challenge that we're still working through. Um, our, our broad goal when we, when we launched Ad Astra, um, and Nova was there um, at the birthing of this Ad Astra movement, right? We're trying to get away from rolling um, the schedule and just doing what we've always done. And we articulated our vision, which is to help students get the right class at the right time in the right sequence to complete their educational goals. That is what we should all be focused on, and, and Nova's really helping us get there with her, her deep understanding of Ad Astra and what it can do for us. Yeah, it's a very complex tool, so it yeah. certainly takes a lot. Um, what feedback have you heard from faculty on um, academic plans and how they've changed since since Guided Pathways, and um, and not only from the from the the faculty side, but feedback from students as well. How have they been impacted, and how do they feel about all of this? Um, you know, it's kind of all over uh, the the map. I think I'm not sure some faculty <clears throat> are that aware of the efforts we're trying to make around scheduling, or I think they're aware more of the changes we've made to um, program maps because those go through shared governance processes, right? The department faculty members get together and discuss and brainstorm. Some departments have been, um, have really struggled with the notion of restricting student choices. Some departments have long been committed to letting students fly free within you know, various core component areas and letting students figure out what interests them or what to do. Uh, you know, and you, behavioral economists will tell you that if you have too many choices, you can't choose at all, mm -hmm. right? It's the Cheesecake Factory sort of challenge. You have to turn so many pages and there are so many things on the menu, you just, never mind, I'll just get a hamburger, right? Mm -hmm. You just kind of go with the tried and true. Um, and so we're trying to find that that balance between allowing students some flexibility but also guiding our students who um, many of them are first generation they don't they don't have some of the social capital that maybe I brought to my first college semester because I was raised by a, a father who was a college professor and a mother who you know had a, a bachelor's degree um, from students I think students um, are continuing to try and figure it out um, we can't always predict what, why students take the classes they take. Um, we give them our best guidance. You should start with course A and course B, and then um, in the second semester try courses C, D, and E. But they go out and they talk to a friend who says, well, I'm gonna take course F, and this faculty member's really good, so take that with me. So we're trying to help students understand that we, we map out these plans intentionally so they can really build their academic muscles. They can really sort of gain in their um, understanding of how to learn and what it means to be an effective and successful college student and really, you know, not take toxic course combinations, not overload themselves. Um, so I think we're still trying to figure out um, the student perspective on this and um, help them understand that we're trying to, you know, help them um, succeed. Um, students will tell you, I think, that they would rather not go from one campus to another to build a course schedule that meets their needs. So we're trying to figure out how we can be more responsive to that. Um, uh, there's a lot of input and feedback that we get from faculty and from students. 
faculty are on the front lines with our students, and mm -hmm. we we listen to them because they um, they they talk to students in a way that um, uh, those of us who are building the schedule may not. So um, they give us good feedback. We're also trying to balance faculty preferences with student preferences. It's a little too easy sometimes to just always want to teach what you've always taught. Um, so we're trying to think that through too. Yeah, Nova, I don't know how much interaction you have with um, specific faculty or individual faculty members, but have you got any feedback from the departments as a whole when it comes to um, building out schedules for the departments uh, through Ad Astra? I've heard some positive feedback from certain department chairs because our new product, Ad Astra, offers a lot of reporting that we didn't have in the past. And so instead of pulling a report from a system and kind of going through different spreadsheets and emailing those back and forth, everyone can kind of log into the same tool, um, see their enrollment rates. We can customize reports for departments. We have customized reports for different types of coordinators for uh, different areas of the college. Um, and I've been focused also on kind of documenting our scheduling procedures in general so that we can kind of see what are we doing today and how can we streamline this to make it easier. There's tons of information available at ACC, but that doesn't mean it's always easy to find. So people that have worked on the schedule for many, many years, such as my awesome boss, Diane, who knows everything, <laughs> um, has this wealth of information in her brain and documentation all over. So I'm trying to put together kind of a handbook for department chairs so that you know for different buckets of classes what the instructions are, where to go. Um, and so far, the feedback has re been really positive. Change is not always easy, so I think there is a little kind of hesitation. Are we going to use this system to kind of eliminate jobs or anything like that. No, we're doing it to support your students in the best way possible so that you have the information you need to make decisions based on data and not just based on what we think we've done in the past. So That's a great segue to the, the last on-topic question I have, which is um, are there any other projects or initiatives around academic plans or course scheduling that are either um, coming up in the future or currently happening that people may not know about that you want to plug or let people know? Um, I can think of a couple of things uh, really quickly. Our Board of Trustees is really interested in seeing us um, serve a variety of students. Um, and and they, they believe that we're not effectively serving working adults who might want evening classes or weekend classes or students who might be able to arrange their work and life schedule around just taking classes on Fridays. So in fall of 2020, we're going to try some new things to see if we can bring in um, some additional students or if we can serve our students more effectively. We're going to try and very intentionally craft a Friday-only schedule around core curriculum progression. Um, we're going to try and um, offer more evening classes that start at 7 or later. We used to have a thriving evening student population, and, and that's declined some. So we're going to do some experimenting there. Mm -hmm. um, and we also, <clears throat> we just got a report um, around our um, Open Educational Resources Degree Initiative. This goes back to a grant from Achieving the Dream that started in 2016. 
Um, and the grant ran, it started in the summer of 2016 and ran through December of 2018. And with that grant, in concert with Alamo College's San Jacinto College and El Paso Community College, we built out two what we call Z degrees, two degrees that students can, if they follow the right pathway, complete with zero textbook cost classes. What we haven't done is schedule that Z degree explicitly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, we have a general studies associate of arts degree. We have a general studies associate of science degree. There's a lot of flexibility in those degrees to um, you know, take what you want to complete the 60 required semester credit hours. The Z degree isn't as flexible um, because it's very directive. Take this course and look for Z classes and then take this course and look for Z classes. And we've never intentionally scheduled um, the Z degree, shall we say, at a campus, right? Start here at this campus and complete the general studies Z degree um, in two years. Um, that was highlighted in a report from Achieving the Dream um, that kind of looked at that OER degree initiative work. So that's something we're thinking about. Those, those kinds of things, right, to schedule intentionally around progression through a degree rather than just sort of throwing it all against the wall and, and help, hoping students find it in the right order at the right time. Okay. Nova, anything else? I think from the scheduling perspective, one of the huge changes coming up is our investment in a new ERP system, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, but basically our schedule has been built in this system, Lucy and Colleague, for a really long time. So now that we're moving in the future toward a new system, I think there's an opportunity to help streamline that scheduling process with this new tool. Maybe we can build in some request forms so everyone's using the same form the same format, providing the same information, so that there's not a lot of back and forth with emails and making sure we're um, doing things the same way. Um, Ad Astra is also doing some improvements with their products. So we're using Platinum Analytics today, but there's a new product called Monitor, which is supposed to be a similar thing, but more real-time, user-friendly visualiz visualizations. So. Um, department chairs can look in the same system at the same time and you can also tag people within that system and say hey you should probably take a look at this class it's filling up really quickly so I'm really excited to see what that has to offer um, we're also taking a look at our administrative rules you know some of these have been around for many years and so let's take a look at what we have documented as far as procedures and our terms and what are the rules for scheduling across a fiscal year or something like that? So making sure um, our procedures and rules are updated so that everyone's on the same page and we're all moving toward that goal of building the best schedule for student success. And I might just piggyback on that. I keep doing that. Sorry, Nova. Yeah. Um, I keep, you you That's say what things I need that you for. remind me of other things. But um, I think there... Um, uh, a lot of folks would like to see students be able to plan out their semesters um, in student planning or in the new ERP when we bring it on board so that students can say, in the fall, I will take these four courses and in the spring, I will go ahead and plan these three courses. And it's not just the course, but the section. Um, a lot of folks think that if we could allow our students to plan out maybe a year's worth of their course taking, that would help them organize their work 
um, obligations and their family obligations, but you can only plan out a year's worth of um, course section taking if we have a schedule that's developed a year at a time. So I don't know, we may see where, where we go with that kind of, um, uh, what, pursuit. That'd be really, yeah. that'd be very interesting to see how that affects student retention mm -hmm. across exactly. semesters. Right? Yeah. Well, the last question I have is not related, but uh, what uh, what do you have Riverbat pride for this week or last week since it's early in the week? Go first. So my Riverbat pride is every morning driving to work, seeing all this construction going on. Uh, it sounds odd, but I'm so excited to be a part of the change in the community in this area. I'm a fifth generation Austinite, a former ACC student. And so anyone who's lived here for a long time has seen Highland Mall, the changes this neighborhood has gone through. And I'm really, really excited about the positive impact ACC and our partners are having on this community. Um, and I'm really proud to be a part of that, uh, supporting something positive, so. Great. I'm gonna circle back to where we started. We were talking about the impact of Guided Pathways, um, the focus of Guided Pathways. And the focus is, the student. I, I know we always focus on our students, but Guided Pathways made us ask constantly, why? Why do we do it that way? Why do you roll the schedule? Why? 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 I mean, it really made us think um, with fresh sort of eyes, um, looking at problems differently. How can we better help our students not just come through our door? We've always been great at letting them come through our door. But how can we better help them, you know, start effectively, persist, and complete to meet their goals? Um, and I think that constant asking of the question why in the last three and a half years um, is, is the reason for my um, river bat pride point, which is we are doing great work. We have, we recently received the Star Award for our Z degrees. We've been recognized by achieving the dream for our our exemplary work. We received uh, uh, recognition from Excellency in Education. Um, we're in the second round of the Aspen Prize. Um, that's not that. That's not um, insignificant. That says um, all this effort and churning and innovation and changing and rethinking and reimagining has really been about helping our students because you don't get those awards and recognitions without the student succeeding in what they're trying to do. So that's, that's a long-winded version of pride. No, that's, that's a lot to be prideful for, yeah. so that's great. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can view blog posts for each episode on the TLED website. I also encourage you to subscri subscribe to the ACC District Podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC. Thank you.